Hey y'all, welcome back to Fuck Cancer, but let's talk about it. I am your host, Manos, and today I have another special guest. He is a stage four colon cancer survivor. Kudos to that, yay! And he's going to share his journey with us, and just want to give y'all a little heads up. Had a little few technical difficulties, but bear with us. It was a great episode. Enjoy. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Hey, good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I can't complain. I'm doing all right. Happy Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Happy Sunday to you too as well. Hope you had a good weekend. It was nice. I went to a Afro Creole music festival and worked. But yeah, it was it was nice. What about you? I spent some time with my wife and just kind of hung out a little bit. So we didn't do too much. That's cool. Are you enjoying your Sunday on the couch watching football? (laughs) Uh, I had just started to maybe like an hour or so ago, but (laughs) I'll reconvene once this is over for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you for taking some time. I know Sundays are important to men nowadays. (laughs) So would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Jeremy. Um, I am a stage four colon cancer survivor. Uh, I was diagnosed back in 2018, and uh, 20, I was 33 at the time. Um, and I actually was originally diagnosed as stage one. Uh, after a couple of scans, they upped me to stage four because they found that it had spread to both my aorta and into my liver. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So... How this all happened in 2018? Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty active. Uh, I've, been, I've been working out at least six days a week for maybe like six, seven years. And I started noticing some abdominal pain that I didn't really pay too much mind. Like I, I figured maybe I had like pulled my muscle while I was working out or something. And that lasted, that lasted for maybe about two, three weeks. Uh, then I started noticing some blood when I went to the bathroom. And that's, I, I immediately was like, no, I need to, need to book an appointment with somebody. Exactly to the colorectal surgeon. I didn't go through my primary. I didn't get a referral. <laughs> I just looked up a, a colorectal surgeon for some reason and, and went to him. And luckily he said, Let's do a colonoscopy. I remember him saying, I don't think this is anything serious, but I want to do it. And then we can figure out where we are. Mm-hmm. Where we are there. And thankfully okay. he did that because the colonoscopy, he found the tumor. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And so you said they diagnosed you with stage one, correct? How did it jump? Yeah. How did it jump from one to four, like so quickly like like how much what was the time apart from it jump going from one to four i really think it was just sharing information before they had the full picture 
because uh-huh. I, I got the colonoscopy first. Um, they on my tumor. I remember the surgeon saying, "Well, this is pretty. It's pretty new." This isn't something that you've had for a long time. So you're probably something like stage one. And he said that before I had an MRI, before I had a PET scan or anything. Mm. So when I, I went in and I'm, and I remember him saying, yeah, we'll probably just, you'll do surgery. You might do chemo. You might not. And then after um, we actually did an MRI, a CT and I had a PET scan uh, and they booked me with an oncologist. He was just like, uh, basically you've got cancer bunch of different places <laughs> so, no, this, so no this is not stage one stage and, 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 it immediately became more serious in my mind and I my, my mood dipped a little bit at that point but that mm. but that was all over the span of maybe two I'm sorry you said two what Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, okay. Now it was uh it was probably about the span of two weeks. Mm, wow. So what did you what was the first step? Did they go through surgery or they was like let's straight go to to chemo? Uh the first step was surgery. So mm-hmm. I had the surgery in September, it was actually September eleventh on in twenty eighteen. And I started chemo maybe about six weeks after that, in that October time period. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, I did infuse chemo, and I had I was doing a roll uh, chemo tablets as well. Mm. Which one was worse? The infused chemo for sure. Yeah, that. I, uh, I didn't. Well, I guess I did have a, a bunch of side effects. I had nausea, vomiting. Um, the worst was the neuropathy. Mm, which, and you, did, you got it in your feet? My feet and my hands. Mm. Uh, it, it was much worse. I, so I, I worked the entire time I was on chemo. And I work, mm-hmm. in a, I work in a corporate job. They have a very strict dress code. All the men wear hard bottom shoes. And I remember I told my boss, like, I have to wear sneakers. This I can't walk Are you still there? I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) I got, you say, you told your boss that you had to walk around with sneakers. Yeah. Because, you know, with the, with the, um, so with neuropathy, it really just, it took away a lot of the feeling that I had in my hands and feet. Mm -hmm. Um, There was uh, definitely a lot of pain. So I, I tried to continue working out. That was a bad idea. I couldn't grip things like mm. like, like, I, like I like I was used to. So so that was neuropathy was probably the number one side effect that affected me the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also so I my 
Infused chemo was oxaliplatin, which kind of makes you really sensitive to things that are cold. So I, I, cold. Cold. I couldn't drink a cup of ice water. Uh, it really made my throat feel like it was closing. Mm. Yeah. And I couldn't touch anything cold either. I, I remember they told me it was a common side effect. And I, I, the morning after my first chemo, and I grabbed it out of the refrigerator and I almost dropped it. Like it just hurt the, the sensation of cold. Wow. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Wow. So vomiting was not as bad. Like, you I mean, vomit, I, you just be like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I have vomiting for sure. But I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was as bad as the neuropathy. I, I could deal with the vomiting more than I could with the, the neuropathy. I got you. So did you, were there days through chemo that you just felt like you couldn't eat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, um, so if I, I took my, my chemo was on like, say like a Tuesday of the week, that Wednesday or Thursday, I didn't want to eat anything. And Uh, a lot of it, and I could, but a lot of it was because I knew I was going to throw it up or I I just knew it was going to like upset. Uh-huh. So I would um, I would get things like I'd make a juice or like just something something liquid, of course that wasn't cold, that I'd try to just kind of hold me over. Uh-huh. And you after about two or three days. Jeremy, is my connection bad? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I keep looking at my phone. Like, well, I have my services okay, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, I feel I'm just over here talking away. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, if I get quiet, it's just like I don't hear nothing you're saying no more. I'm just like he's gonna come back on. Okay. So where did where did I leave off? You were saying about vomit, um, not being able to eat the day after chemo. Oh yeah. So I I didn't eat a lot, and that mixed with the vomiting. At, so chemo the. Um, it's the chemo made me end up losing a lot of weight because of that. Mm-hmm. We lost maybe about 30 pounds or so. Wow. Throughout the treatment. Oh, wow. That's so. How long did you do chemo for? I did about 15 rounds. Um, so let's see, October to maybe about July, June, July of 2019 of infused chemo and then after that they took me off of the infusion and I I stayed only on the oral tablets and I I did that for the rest of 2019 up until about January, February 2020 right before the pandemic started Wow and then did you go into radiation after that or 
I actually didn't have to do any radiation. They originally they thought I would because the the other spots that they found were in my liver. Mm-hmm. So I remember them saying, yeah, after after my surgery on my colon that I would likely have to do radiation afterwards. But the spots had shrunken. I had two spots in my liver, and they had shrunk down so much that the liver surgeon wasn't really confident in exactly pinpointing where they were. Mm-hmm. That's how small they had gotten. So he said, as long as they stay that small, then he's not going to recommend radiation or any surgery on my liver at all. Wow. That's a blessing. Cause I know they see spots on the liver. They'd be like, we could give you some palliative care, but we can't help you out too much. Yeah. So that's a blessing. So what about the one on your aorta? That went away completely with chemo. Really? Yes. And thank God. I mean, they very, I even talked to one of the surgeons said we would not do based on where it was. He said they would not do surgery in that location because it can get pretty morbid and it's mm-hmm. risky. Yes, because I can't remember the name of the cancer, but just for a tumor just to sit around your heart is like one of the worst thing ever. And like, did you ever have any problems breathing while sitting on your aorta? No, I didn't have any problems at all. Like even when and the bleeding, I was still working out. I was still active. I, I ran like three, four miles and every couple of days. So now my, my breathing was fine. I, I felt like my endurance was bad. I, to my mind, in my mind, I was perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when they found, when they gave you the stage four, what, what was the percentage they gave you of you like being cured with it? Um, they didn't give me a percentage. Of course, I went straight to Google. So one thing they did tell me was I would likely be on some type of treatment for the rest of my life. Um, mm-hmm. He said that when he took me or when my oncologist took me off the infused chemo, he said, you're probably going to be taking these chemo tablets. Just for as long as for for the remainder of your life, basically. Um, and as of right now, I'm not on anything. I don't take them anymore. I stopped taking them almost two years now. That's amazing. That is a blessing. Listen, yeah. that is a bless. Because I spoke to a young lady um, two episodes ago, and she's. If my mistake is she's 36, probably 37 by now. And she was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And like right now she's still going through, she's trying a new, a new drug trial again. I think it's some kind of chemo. I, I've, I still follow her just to see what's going on and stuff. So like you like got a blessing. It's, it's like a blessing in disguise, especially stage four. And like, cause it's, Everybody, you know, everybody's journey is different. Some people have it harder than others. So it, it's it's crazy, but it's amazing at the same time. You're absolutely right. And so I remember I looked up. So for stage four colon cancer, it's the five-year survival rate is like 14 or 15 percent, something. Mm-hmm. And that number really shook me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I got to get ready to get out of here if, if my odds are 14 percent. But 
Haven't read, I haven't made it to five years yet, but I, I don't see why I wouldn't make it at this point. It's I got gotcha. you. Four year cancerversary in August. Oh, how did you celebrate? I didn't even celebrate it this year. Uh, typically, I at least get some cake or something, but I, I'm holding on for five. Five, <laughs> five will be a celebration. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. That that like I said, that is a blessing. So with the chemo pills, um, did they tell you, like, you can, won't be able to have any kids if you keep taking them? Or how does with the chemo for you, for a guy, works? Because I know it's different for a woman. It's, it's real. And I'm glad you asked that because that's something I didn't think about. Um, fertility and chemo. Um, it really wasn't presented to me. Um, as I was going through my treatment, I was like, my, my staff or my team was so focused on getting me better. They didn't even consider the fact that, hey, I'm in my 30s or my early 30s. I don't have kids yet. Do I even want to have kids? Mm-hmm. I remember I asked right before I started chemo, should I do anything about children? They're like, oh, yeah, you should probably do some sperm storage. Mm-hmm. Said, well, well, thank God I asked. So, But it was so close to, my, to me getting started with treatment. I didn't even get to go through the full, like we, we met with a, a facility clinic. Mm-hmm. And they have like a week or two week long program. But I was starting chemo like the day after my meeting. So I didn't really get to go to the full program that they would typically present. But I, I did go through, go through that process in the event that I couldn't have kids naturally um, as a result of the chemo. So you were able to save some? Yes. That's good. That's real that, good. That's not, but that's, um, that's not very common, uh, I guess, for, for men in cancer. I, I know for women, it's probably, I'm sure it's different, right? Um, so the woman I have spoke to were not able to save their eggs because they're a lot of like, they were aggressive people that found out like the young lady with the stage four cancer, she couldn't save any cause she had to go straight into chemo. Yeah. And I, I spoke to another woman, a few others. Yeah. Like it was aggressive, so they had to go to chemo quickly, so they weren't able to save any. Yeah. So, yeah. It's very hard on a woman's end, point of view. So, when you first found out you had cancer, what was your reaction? Uh, my first... Um, I entered denial immediately. Okay. It's like, no, this can't be right. I honestly found out, so I'll go back in the story a little bit. I found through a voicemail that, that I received from my oncologist. <laughs> office. <laughs> like, well, this they is just crazy. told you you had cancer. They just left the message, hey, you have cancer? <laughs> like, can you call me back? We have emergency news. Nobody that's how it's supposed to be, so they just blurted it out. I'm confused. Go ahead and tell me. So I got the, I got a voicemail from my hospital, and I was just like, oh, okay, well, and I was at work, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, well, I, I missed the call, and I listened to the voicemail, and it was, hey, I'm such and such from um, Dr. Whoever's office in oncology, and we'd like to schedule a new patient appointment for you, 
I'm like, okay, well, you wouldn't be scheduling a new patient appointment for me at an oncologist's office <laughs> if I didn't have cancer. <laughs> so so I, I can put two and two together. And I remember I was at work. I listened to that voice now, and I didn't even call them back. I just found, like, an empty conference room, and I just broke down. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So when did and, denial came, come, came in? So, so right after that, I was just like, okay, that can't be right. They they obviously called the wrong person. They looked at the wrong chart. Um, but I called them and they confirmed, yes, we did indeed intend to call you. <laughs> and we <laughs> you to come in. And it was it was difficult, but honestly, mm-hmm. I had um my father had actually been diagnosed with stomach cancer in May. Mm. Of oh, the same year? The same, yeah, twenty eighteen. Oh, wow. So I called him and he was like essential throughout the entire, my entire treatment. Bless his he heart. He through everything. He kept me encouraged. And it was, it was almost like our relationship even went to another level just because we had that in common at the same time. Mm-hmm. He was, in, I mean, I, I'm in Texas. He was in Alabama. So we didn't get to see each other, but we did, we did talk. Wow. Oh, you, you're in Texas? Where in Texas? I'm in Houston. Really? We're probably neighbors. We don't even know it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I just moved here, so that's cool. Oh, nice. Well, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. So, were you being treated at MD or? I was at Memphis. At where? At Houston Methodist. Okay. And, uh, Okay. At MD Anderson. Actually, my dad was coming out here to meet with oncologists at MD Anderson. Wow. He was getting going through treatment. So, does cancer run in the family before your dad? It does on his side. Um, most of the women have had breast cancer. Wow. His both of his sisters and his mother. So yeah, cancer wow. is pretty pretty common on his side of the family, which is kind of weird. I I never even considered that. Hey, that means I might get it as, at some mm-hmm. point. Um, after I got diagnosed, I did the genetic testing. We started going breaking down the family tree, and I was like, okay, yeah, this makes this makes sense. Why? I guess it doesn't really make sense, but I can understand genetically why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if he had stomach and then you turn around, you had colon, like, yeah, basically yeah. the same. That's, that's crazy. So when did you find it accept, accept you had cancer? Uh, so after I had my first meeting, actually the face-to-face with the oncologist, mm-hmm. that was probably the first time I started to accept that, hey, this is a reality and whether I want it to happen or not, it is happening. So we got to figure out the best way to get through it. Wow. You accepted it quickly. Uh, well, I, I'm a believer in, I mean, there's, there's no other thing. If I don't have another choice, what what else can I do? <laughs> it's like it's one of the things where people say, oh, you have cancer. You're so strong. Like, I really, I literally had no other option. <laughs> like, I gotcha. So you never did any bargaining or just had a moment where you just got like you just had some anger 
Uh, I don't think I. I don't know that I ever had bargaining. Um, anger for mm-hmm. sure. There, there, there are moments today where I still get angry. But um, bargaining? No, I don't. I don't recall anything. But I don't know what I would have bargained. Mm, you'll be like, "All right, God, you get me through this. I'm gonna do this. Like, I'm gonna change yeah, this." That, that, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I didn't reach that point. It was just like, kind of like, man, man, God, can you just take this away? <laughs> mm. He's like, "Listen, this. I just want to be done. I got you. Wow." Bless you. You you strong though. Like some people go through different. Is there so much emotions that people actually go through that you yeah. know it, it's crazy. I can only imagine. Yeah, I know one of that was I I reached out to a therapist because I mm. I, said I didn't want to have I didn't want to wake up ten years down the road and have PTSD from something I never fully processed. Mm-hmm. So I've been going to therapy since then, or since around that time, and it's been it's been making sure I have the right perspective. That's good. So was therapy the only your only outlet, or did you find something else also to do? Um, therapy. I still try to remain as active physically as I could. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess at the time, just leaning on my my community, my network. Um, mm-hmm. My dad was a big support system. My wife was a huge support, and just they both had expertise. My dad, from being a patient, my wife is a pharmacist, so just their knowledge and just leaning on mm-hmm. them was critical. That's good. Did you ever? Like, feel like you went into depression going through your rounds of chemo? Um, I don't think... So. Well, there there were times where I did get to a point where I'd be like, man, is this is all of this worth it? Like, when, when the side effects get really bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, am I... What is, at the, what is at the other side of it, right? right? Like, mm-hmm. So I'm going into another infusion. I know I'm going to have more vomiting. I know I'm going to be exhausted. Um, this isn't how I envision my life. But I guess I just have to keep that right, that right positivity on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last, last treatment wasn't as bad as the first one. Um, the next one won't be as bad as the last one. And just... Mm-hmm. Trying to keep in the, in the right mood so I don't spiral down that down into the road of depression. I gotcha. So on your worst like on your worst days, how did you manage to get up to go back to chemo? I guess I've always looked at life as bigger than just me. Mm-hmm. So I know one of the, one of the things I always told myself is I've I've got. I mean, it's just me and my wife, but I got a family to provide for. Mm-hmm. Just yes. sit around, just feel feel sorry for myself. This is the hand that was dealt to me. I'm gonna play it the best I can, and we'll see what happens when when the hand is over. Gotcha. Did you have to? Re- are you relearning yourself? Not going through, not 
after finishing chemo and everything, are you still like relearning yourself, learning your body and everything else? Because I know it's a different transition. Absolutely. Um, you know, they talk about the new normal. And one of the things I've, I'll tell people is like the there is a version of Jeremy that died once I started chemo. Mm-hmm. Even though even though I am still alive, um, just to have something come in like cancer swoop in and completely flip my life upside down, even if it's for a stage, it makes you more conscious to the fact that anything in life can happen at any particular time, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I guess there was a part of me that was just oblivious, or. I guess you can say ignorance. Ignorance was bliss. Mm-hmm. But now knowing that or now having gone through cancer, like, yeah, there is a there's definitely a, a new me. I got a I got a new perspective on appreciating even the small and mundane things in life in life. I've seen like my marriage go to another level because we've aren't really focused on, oh man, someone left shoes in the middle of the hallway. Like, yeah, you know, that, that was something we might argue about in the past. <laughs> but <laughs> but having, having to face something like cancer, it's like, okay, is that really a big deal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, for better or for worse, the, the vows stick. Yeah, yeah. So if someone... If you were to be able to give some words of wisdom to someone who is going through what you'd already been through, what would you tell them? Um, I would just tell them to do whatever you can to remain in a, in, a, in somewhat of a right mindset. It's easy to focus on um, things that are happening to you that are negative, right? Mm-hmm. the days there are days that will suck and it's okay to be upset it's okay to feel like this sucks it's okay to question but my best advice would be to not stay in that I guess down mood for, for too long mm-hmm. and just try to and mm-hmm. if you are facing the cancer diagnosis know that you can get through it There's a will, there's a way, and there's a God. <laughs> I'm just out. Oh, well, it was nice speaking to you, Mr. Jeremy. I appreciate you giving me your time. I, I appreciate you having me. This is this is great. Thank I'm sorry for the whatever those connection issues were happening. <laughs> it's okay. I'll I'll edit it, get that out the way. <laughs> my last, I don't know if it's my phone or not because my last call it kind of happened to some like it, I need need might need to check my connectivity around here. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. It could be it could be my my phone, but yeah, we'll have to we we'll have to connect again for sure. Yes, yes, yes. We are in Houston. Houston yeah. is very big. Are you? What part of town are you in? I'm in West Chase. Okay, okay. I used to live with it. I, I I moved out to the Burbs now. Where are you at? Katy, Stafford, Missouri That's City, Woodland. Huh? I'm in Spring. Oh, yeah, you out there. 
It's not that far. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have trail rides out there. So you might, I might slip up over there one time for a trail ride. So I like the country just for that. Okay. Okay. So, yes. Yes. Let's keep in touch. I will definitely, um, I always like to follow people to see what's going on and, you know, rooting for you. I'm rooting for year number five. So we can have a big celebration. Thank you. I'm kind of in a weird space right now because, like, my cancer story is really boring at at this moment. Like, I mean, it's it's all (laughs) post-treatment, quarterly scans, and that's it. What you was missing? You you low key missing the chemo part? No, no, uh, medically boring is the goal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't miss the chemo. I don't miss the side effects. I don't miss like I don't is miss going three... to work. And we're going to work on chemo was all. Mhm. Mhm. Now it's what I think is what three to six three to six months checkups if I'm not mistaken. I just got I just got extended to six months after this mm. last. So, Congratulations! I'm, See, I'm, so, I'm grateful for this because I hate MRIs. MRIs are awful. <laughs> You're strapped in that little tube, and mine they do MRIs on my abdomen and my um, pelvis area. Mm. And it's both with and without contrast. So it ends up being about an hour, sometimes an hour and 15. And, and they got to make sure they got it right so you can't move. Yeah, you can't still. move. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't like them at all. So, so I, I just treat myself. <laughs> so how, um, you're 37? 37 now. Okay. Yeah. So when is the next time you're scheduled to get another colonoscopy? Um, in two years. So I had my first, so the first colonoscopy when they found the tumor. And then I got one a year for three years after that. They all came back clean. Mm-hmm. So this one last year, he said he's going to stretch me out to every three years. Okay. That's so, good. So I actually just had a, but I still follow up with him every six months as well. I go, mm-hmm. to, I go to my surgeon and to my oncologist. That's a that's a blessing. Yeah, because I, I I did a uh, I'm gonna say I did a chemo. I did a colonoscopy a few months ago when I turned 33. Okay. <sighs> the the what drink. <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> the drink. I was just like starving myself for one. I, I literally drank broth. If people were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm dying right now because I could only eat. Why everybody ate food around me. I was like, I'm drinking broth. And then when I took that, oh my Lord, the um, the laxative? Jesus. Yes. yes. That was the worst experience ever because I did not sleep. I was up all night and I was just scared. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you, you think you're good, but you're like, let me not get too comfortable. Cause whew, <laughs> I did not want to go through that no more. But I when I went, I when I, huh? No, go, go ahead. No, when I went through the procedure, it was it was cool. Like I just remember counting down and waking up. I don't remember nothing else. They're like, oh, everything mm-hmm. went clean. I was like, okay, that's quick. Exactly. I don't want to go through this no more. I know people are all concerned about. 
people get concerned about colonoscopies and what they're like. It's like the colonoscopy itself is fine. It's the prep the day before. <laughs> it's, like, it's horrible. Every, everything that you just described, like yeah. <laughs> so actually, I'm like... I've actually had I've prepped for a colonoscopy only to get a call in the morning and say, "Oh, um, sorry, we actually have to reschedule you." <gasps> Yeah, you couldn't have told me that before. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to cut somebody out. Somebody was gonna have to get there. <laughs> yeah, it actually worked out. So I, I, what I didn't share, my my dad passed away. Uh... When I was supposed to get the colonoscopy, they they canceled the appointment, and he passed away that morning. Wow. And I, so I actually went to, I rescheduled another appointment to go see my liver doctor. That was the day that he told me that, hey, your liver looks fine. We won't have to do any surgery. Actually, your, your last scan looks good. So I'd recommend to your oncologist that you might not need to be on chemo anymore. Mm. So like, I, I literally got the best news of my cancer life the same day that my passed away which was kind of kind of crazy a bittersweet day wow yeah. yeah uh was he stage four or he was i believe he was stage four so he, he had stomach cancer but it spread to his liver mm. and it completely took his liver over it was like over <gasps> wow yeah that's once they see it on the liver they'd be like oh yeah, they do so much. They came down. He came down to MD Anderson to see if he could get on some clinical trial, and they showed us the scan, and they were just like, "No, nah, you." And he mm. made it for. Wow, God rest his soul. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's okay. That was. It's almost like we both stories of healing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Whew. It's tough. I mean, I've been there. Then mm-hmm. I've been there, so it's tough. Yeah. So, well, I'm not going to hold you up. I mean, I know your team Texans lost, oh, but... I'm not a Texan fan. <laughs> I live in Houston. I'm not from here. I don't cheer for the teams. It's... <laughs> but I'm just kidding. Okay, but <laughs> I won't hold you up. It is Sunday, you know, Sunday night football. Everybody gotta get comfortable and you know, dinner's probably ready. So it was nice talking to you though. It was great talking to you too. And I really appreciate what you're doing on this podcast and just think I'll be, I do listen to the other episodes as well. So Thank you. Thanks for helping giving us a platform to share our stories and to help other people learn more about. You're you're welcome. I was an extern student as a radiation therapist, so I got to see a lot. So I wanted oh, to be yeah. like, I was like, well, you know, if you can only like, let me do something different. So that's where it came from. So yeah, well, you have a good night. Thanks, you too. Bye.